When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising mm-hmm. Football fever is burning through to my soul yeah. Cats, 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 you're gonna set me on fire mm-hmm. My brain is flaming, but I know just where to go Yeah The bill will be a rockin' And Bosco for your talking Purple love Purple love Bosco boy Oh, just a hunk of hunk of purple love And just a hunk of hunk of purple love Boom, the boys are back, and it's time to talk about that uh, K-State Missouri game. Um, Before we get into it, first off, thank you for listening, if you're listening to this, if you're a K-State fan. Uh, I'm sure we we, we might pick up a handful of uh, Missouri fans who are uh, bathing in the depression of K-State fans from that game. Uh, if that's you, welcome. Um, you will get that from me. Uh, but no, I, I appreciate everyone listening. I know uh, I know I'm not gonna listen to hardly any uh, K-state or uh, national college football stuff. I'm gonna stay away from Kansas City Sports Talk radio for a week. I it's gonna be a lot of history and a lot of news and a lot of politics and a lot of business podcast for me this week so the fact that you're taking the time to listen to this and listening to really any of the shows or the q a tomorrow um the fact that any of you guys are listening to that uh really makes me feel good and, and i appreciate it so uh if you're listening this is a big thank you to you so before we get into it and, and i think i i, I think uh, in the last few years, we've done a good job here at Bosco's Boys saying this whenever there are uh, games, events, stuff that we don't like uh, on the court, on the field, of saying, like putting a disclaimer out there and saying, hey, look, uh, if I'm saying stuff like, oh, I'm depressed, oh, I'm sad, I'm so mad, like, these are sports emotions. Uh, there is real life emotions and there's sports sadness you know i think i think there is uh you know for 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 being a guy who goes to a ton of these games spends so much of my time following putting emotional investment all that type of stuff i think it's this is more for me to just verbalize it than it is for you guys i'm sure most of the listeners are far more well balanced than i am but you know it, it is sports emotions there there is so much more important stuff 
So if I say stuff in this episode like, oh, I'm depressed, oh, I am sad, it is sports sadness, it is sports emotions, you know, again, so much stuff going on in life, and quite frankly, life is good. The sun came up, everything is fine, these are sporting events, and uh, look, you know, fans have all these emotions, this is the coaches' livelihoods, these are the players playing, uh, their emotions are what we have tenfold. Um, so again, it is a passion for us. It is their life, all that type of stuff. Um, just putting disclaimers out there. So again, if you hear me say, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I'm sad. It is sports sadness. It's sports emotions. Uh, but that, that was rough folks. That was rough. Um, I think since we started this podcast, over five years ago at this point, I think this is the football loss that has hit me the hardest. Um, again, it kind of felt a lot like that Vandy game, uh, you know, going on the road, kind of trying to figure out why the spread was so low. Uh, and we'll and we'll talk about it. This is not going to be a deep dive. If you guys want X's and O's, if you guys want deep dives again, uh, this is not going to be it. This is me kind of talking through how I saw the, I'm not going to rewatch the game. I, I, I'm not going to rewatch it. I haven't watched any of the press conferences. I can't bring myself to do it. I won't watch any of the press conference or any of that stuff until Chris Klein and the players talk, uh, on Tuesday. So, um, I obviously missed stuff. I was inside the stadium, not a ton of replays. Um, so this is just kind of what things were like from my POV. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it sucked. Um, it was a game we could have had, probably a game we should have had. Uh, for better or worse, I mean, Missouri has a great defense. They have a lot of talent on their team. They have more future NFL guys currently on their roster uh, than we do. The The issue, and uh, coming into this game, we talked about it. You know, I, I thought, and I still think we have the better quarterback. Will Howard gets banged up. He's hurt. How hurt? Um, we don't know. I still know and I still believe and I, I, I still believe Casey has the better head coach by a country mile. Again, there's some stuff and, and we'll probably talk about it where, um, of course, you know, when you lose a game, everything's going to be second guess. Every single decision, every single strategy point, I get that. So, um, but that, but that doesn't take away that I still think Chris Kleiman is a better coach. Um, and before we again get a little bit deeper into this game, just like the like what, what we said last year, and I'll talk about kind of the habit of this, but folks, the ultimate goal is still out there. Getting back to Arlington, that goal is still out there. And then for better or worse, the Big 12 looks like an absolute shit show this year. Absolute shit show. You have Oklahoma State losing at home to South Alabama. Iowa State losing to Ohio. KU having to go down to the wire with Nevada, one of the worst teams. One of the worst teams in all of college football. A team that got boat raced by Idaho the previous week. KU having to go down to the wire. Texas struggling for three quarters with Wyoming. I mean, look. The, the Big 12, it is going to be the most entertaining Big 12 season ever. And it's not because there's a ton of great teams. There are a ton of very volatile, up and down teams. So, that, folks, the, the, the season, you know, restarts, you know, with UCF. And that's going to be a wild game in itself. 
uh, this Big 12 season is going to be wild. Everything's going to be fine. Everything that we wanted to accomplish as a fan base, the fan base, all the stuff that we laid out is still on the table. Losing to Missouri sucks. Like I said, since we started this show, this game, this loss has probably hit me harder. I've had more sports sadness, sports depression, whatever terminology we want to use. This has hit me worse than any game since we started this podcast. I was down bad. Honestly, I feel bad for my friends uh, who were around me uh, yesterday after the game. I I was not pleasant. I wasn't like cussing them out or anything, but I was just a fucking grunt ball. It it hit me hard. I hated it. Um, You know, and, and it sucks because honestly, like, you know, we dealt with a lot of douchey Missouri fans before uh, and after the game. Surprisingly, not a ton during the game. Uh, but seeing those losers just storming the field. Like, you know what? And I'm glad they stormed the field. We are a top 15 team. It took the longest field goal kick in SEC history to do it. But, like, I I, I don't have any frustration. It just sucked. It, it The entire game just sucked. And I think it sucked even worse that we were up 24-17, and uh, you're up seven thinking, all right, hey, you, you not only tied the game after being down three at half, the defense is looking good. Then you, you stop them. You get the ball back up by four, two possessions, and you couldn't do it. Like It was the worst possible way to lose the game. I, I, I truly believe the only way, the only way that game would have been worse, the only way that would have been a worse way to lose a game is because we had two number eights on the field on that field goal. If he would have missed that, that would have been a five yard penalty and they would have gotten to re-kick it. That would have been a worse way to lose a football game. But like it, everything was literally the worst way there. There, there is no scenario. It played out literally the worst way it could have. And it was horrible. I honestly should become a lawn guy. I, 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 I should become a long guy, but I'm not. I love the show. I love talking. I love K-State sports. I love K- the K-State football program so much. But let's just kind of move on. Let, let's kind of talk about the offense. And again, this is not going to feel like a regular uh, show outline. I have prided myself in this this being a fan podcast. I, I've kind of prided myself on this almost being a time capsule. of Like, okay, here's truly how I'm feeling. This is how I would talk with you guys if we were out at brunch talking about this game. Uh, So it's not going to follow the traditional outline. Here I'm going to talk about the offense in a second, defense, special teams, and then we're going to call it a day. Uh, This isn't probably, I I said this for the whip around, uh, and it turned out to be false. I don't think this is going to be an hour-long episode. Um, But before we talk about the offense, the the one saving grace is I I brought... how many? 18 townie wheats to uh, Columbia, Missouri. And me and my buddies, they didn't even make it to game day. We were hanging out at the Airbnb. We were cracking those open. They're absolutely delicious. Uh, townie wheat and Manhattan Brewing Company, not just good for tailgating. Good for reminiscing with your college friends. Good for hanging out with your buddies that you've known forever. Sharing memories, having conversations over an ice-cold Manhattan Brewing Company beer was the highlight of my weekend in Columbia. It's delicious beer. It is locally owned, and the guys are great. Everyone over at Manhattan Brewing Company is great, and one of the fun parts about the podcast is the relationship I've been able to grow with those guys. I absolutely love them. I'm going to be in the brewery before the UCF game. 
and, and I can't wait to try some of the new stuff they have on tap. That's also a fun thing about them. Not only do they have those core beers that you know every time you go in there it's going to be ice cold and delicious, they're always trying new stuff. So it doesn't matter what your taste is. I guarantee your new favorite beer is waiting for you at Manhattan Brewing Company. Just go find it. Also, heard of a couple more success stories of talking to your local liquor store and getting them in your hometown. All right, let's talk about the offense. I mean, here, here's the good. You know, you had some big plays. Uh, you were three of four in the red zone. Uh, we're going to talk about the the one miss. Um, and you had some big plays. Look, uh, Will Howard had another interception. He had a couple more questionable throws. But again, when you look at his stat line, when you look at what Will was able to do, three touchdowns, again, he's on pace to not just beat but blow away like the single season touchdown passing record uh the way he's going um i i thought will had a solid game it wasn't a great game no it it wasn't a great game but nowhere near i I, and, and he's banged up look i'm sure we'll hear more on tuesday but i'm nowhere near to the point where you know saying oh all right time time to go to avery johnson no no, Will played a solid game. Will played a B minus game. Now, we really could have used an A plus game from him. You know, we, we could have used an A plus game from a lot of guys, but uh, it, it wasn't there. But I, I thought he was fine. He was obviously banged up, and I think that's where some of the frustration comes into play. Missouri's defense is good. That might be them or Texas. Uh, either Missouri or Texas are going to be the runaway best defenses we're going to play this year. Iowa State's going to have a solid defense. I'm not trying to, you know, throw shade at them, but this is going to be one of the best defenses we played. And look, you had 270 uh, passing, 138 rushing, uh, three touchdowns uh, through the air. And look, Treshawn had a run of 14, uh, DJ had a run of 10. Avery had 11. Will had 17. You know, you had, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six wide receivers. Seven wide receivers go for over uh, 10-yard receptions. Uh, You know, you had some of these plays. And you you, you had some chunks. But, again, with the way the defense was playing, we'll we'll talk about this in a second, you just needed more. You needed to capitalize more. You, You had the mistakes. You had... The interception, which led to a short field for them scoring. You had a massive, massive, massive third down drop by Ben Sennett. But it, well, Ben Sennett had a couple drops. But again, can you really hammer a guy who had five receptions for 78 yards, two touchdowns, longest play of the game with 34 yards? No. Treshawn Ward had a uh, drop that would have been eight yards on a first down. But again, he had 61 yards uh, uh, receiving, 54 yards uh, receiving. You know, Jaden Jackson had a couple big grabs. So did Phil Brooks. Again, I, I don't think it was a horrible game. Or, sorry, it was 27-30. Uh, I think I might have said we only scored 24 earlier. Sorry. Uh, Missouri's not going to give up 27 points many times. Look, it was... It, 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 it was a fine day on offense. I, I think the frustration comes in... We had chances to ice out the game from in he- uh, from the uh, pole position, and we weren't able to do it. I think a lot of it came down to, and a lot of the game really hinged on the threat of Will Howard being able to run. Now, he only had 
they only showed 21 yards uh, rushing, but they ended up with three sacks, uh, which really brought back that uh, that rushing yardage. But when when the threat of Will Howard uh, being able to take off and run, um, that really took any read option while he was the quarterback out there uh, out of the game plan. So they were able to key in on that. Um, they knew he wasn't going to take off and scramble much. He did one time, but it just really allowed when you take that dynamic away from a good defense, they're going to be able to exploit it. And that's what Missouri, that's what Missouri's defense did when it counted at the end when they knew they couldn't give up any more points. Now let's talk about execution in the red zone. Uh, because quite frankly, we, we were a little bit lucky on two of our touchdown drives because we had uh, multiple. We had three touchdowns completely called off the board because of penalties on K-State. And then what would have been an absolutely massive touchdown, instead of tying you know, the game at 27 after Missouri take the lead, took the lead, we take a delay a game penalty uh, while we were checking to a play that would have been a touchdown. The execution down there, so, you know, it's sealing off your blocks without getting a holding penalty and getting the play call in with enough time so Will Howard can go through the checks and also not having the awareness on the coaching staff on the sideline to see, hey, it's about to be a delay of game. We should probably call a timeout. That really uh, irks me, and, and that's kind of my biggest. Drinkwitz uh, royally fucked up and almost, you know, again, it, it went from being a 56-yard field goal to a 61-yard field goal uh, because Eli Drinkwitz was l- uh, literally asleep at the wheel. And, uh, you know, and taking that delay of game penalty. So, I... I, that that's my frustration. Uh, we 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 could have gone up. We would have been up uh, thirty-one to twenty-seven, and that would have iced the game. The way it played out, that delay game penalty, and not going up 31-27 uh, truly cost us. That is going to be a fifteen segment, fifteen second segment that haunts me for a long time. Uh, seeing the whistle. The, the clock at zero, us snap the ball, Trayshawn Moore getting it, perfect check play, would have been walk-in touchdown, but we took a delay of game penalty and not being able to find uh, the end zone. The other thing, you know, you have the two possessions where the game is tied, trying to uh, ice it out late, uh, and also the possessions when you're up four, not being able to get points. Look, it the, the, the lack of execution, the lack of... Uh, big playability, the lack of being able to get it done on third down really sucks. Now, there's a lot of why weren't we more aggressive? Why weren't we this? Why weren't we this? In the moment, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, we really were not aggressive enough and all that type of stuff. I I just, I didn't get that vibe. I, 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 I truly, in the moment, was like, oh man, it just didn't work out. Again, I'm not going to go back and rewatch it. Maybe we weren't aggressive enough, but the play calls truly weren't there, and that's frustrating. Um, So when it comes to the offense, again, it it was lack of getting that touchdown, that final trip to the end zone, um, and not finding a way to 
pick up first downs. Again, I, I, I think that maybe they tried to get too cute at times. I, I think I would have liked to, you know, I think there was a third and two late in the game we didn't pick up. I would have said just quarterback sneak it twice. Again, when you lose a close game like that, every single play call on a drive where you don't score a touchdown is going to be dissected, second thought, all that type of stuff. Ultimately, I, I, I it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen, and it's frustrating. Um, but I'm, I, I don't walk away from that game super pissed off at the offense. Uh, that, Like I said, maybe Texas is going to be a better defense by the end of the year. Uh, but that's a, that's a Missouri defense, and we talked about it. We talked about it in the game preview. There's five or six future NFL guys on that defense. So getting 30 points on them, uh, I would have thought, I would have thought there's no chance we score 30 and lose, or sorry, we had 27 points. Uh, I I thought there was not a very high likelihood that Missouri was going to score more than 24. They're not going to give up 27 many more times. All right. Uh, before we talk about the defense, I want to give a shout out to my friends at Charlie Hustle. The fun part about going to away games, uh, especially uh, the Mizzou game, I saw Charlie Hustle on all the fans in purple. I saw plenty of Charlie Hustle for the folks in black and gold. And I'm, I'm not even kidding. I saw some of the generic just Kansas City crew neck sweatshirts on some folks. And I, I think I scared of one. I was so excited to see it before the game. I was like, oh, that's a Charlie Hustle Crew neck sweatshirt. Hey, I have mine on too. It was just the generic. Uh, it was the gray with the blue Kansas City, and she was wearing a Royals hat. So I, I think she was probably a KU fan who was married to a Mizzou guy, and that's why they're at the game. Uh, but like we we talked about, I was like, oh, how great are those? And she goes, oh, I love their crew necks, folks. I saw it all over Columbia. I see it all over Manhattan. Uh, so it's time. Hey, we just lost. You probably need a new lucky shirt. You need you need to get a new shirt, a new sweatshirt. And you need to get into the game with Charlie Hustle. Find your new lucky t-shirt. Find your new lucky sweatshirt today at Charlie Hustle. uh, Because we all have to move on from our uh, good luck shirts if you're wearing it on Saturday. Let's get to the defense. And look, when when you look at some stuff, Missouri was only 3 of 13 on third down. The problem wasn't, you you know, they were doing these long sustained drives. They were absolutely killing us, murdering us with big plays. I am just disgusted that they seem seemingly every time they would do a play action pass, they were bombing the ball downfield and having massive plays. I don't know if it was a scheme decision. I don't know if it was a lack of discipline. I don't know. I, I don't have the answer. I cannot come up for the life of me what what the game plan was uh, on the back end and for the corners uh, because they were getting absolutely toasted the entire entire game. Especially, every, it, was, it seemingly was like every single play action pass are just like, all right, we're going to bomb it. They had one, two, three, four, five guys with receptions over 25 yards. Brady Cook, 356 yards passing. And this was one of the least explosive teams in college football. The lack of tackling 
getting beat deep. It, it, it was quite frankly, and again, this might be hyperbolic, but when you take into account everything Missouri has done and what that offense has looked like for the better part of five years now, this might be one of the worst defensive games K-State's played since Chris Kleiman came. And again, when you look at it, you're like, okay, you, you held them out of the end zone, uh, you know, three times. Or, or twice in the red zone. You know, they had to settle for field goals. And then, of course, we, we know what happens on that final final play of the game. Um, but but it's just the, the amount of explosive plays. They had, like, one truly kind of sustained drive the entire game. Well, and even then, they had short fields on some of those. It, we, we, we made it way too easy on Missouri. Again, I would be shocked. I would, I would, I, I would, I would be willing to make a very large bet that Brady Cook does not have another game this season where he throws for 356 yards. I'd make a very large wager they don't have another game this year where they have five guys with receptions over 26 yards and three guys, three guys with receptions over 40. I cannot get over how frustrating and how mad and how depressing looking back at that game and how they were able to continually beat us on play action. And that's been an issue for a while. We play aggressive. You, you know, Marquis Siegel made a massive play, massive play on an attempted screen late in the game. And that's great. That is awesome when you make that play and we get super mad. I mean, hell, I remember everyone's reaction to, at the SEMO game, how they were killing us on those screens. But we play aggressive, but we paid for it so bad. And again, I don't know how much of it was miscommunication by the safeties passing folks off to the zone. I don't know if it's getting uh, you know caught looking in the backfield every single time. I don't know. I don't know what the issue was, but the fact that they weren't able to fix it uh, is, is, is what absolutely kills me. Just absolutely kills me. I, 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 the, it, it just comes back to the fact of how putrid Missouri's offense has been the entire time that Eli Drinkwitz has been there. And the fact that we shut down their rushing for the most part. You know, <laughs> Schrader had, I mean, Schrader had 58 yards rushing, but 36 of them came on one play. You take out that 36 yards, they have under 30 yards rushing. Or, excuse me, under 40 yards rushing on the game. So we're selling out to stop the run, and, and, and it worked. It was awesome. But you did that at the detriment of allowing elite level athletes, elite level football players, true blue chip guys to absolutely toast you. And Brady Cook was able to throw the ball deep enough out there that they were able to complete it. It's just flabbergasting. Man. And, and let, let's get to the final drive. Um, look, again, everything's second guessing. And if we would have been able to get another sack, if we would have been able to, you know, make an extra tackle and bounds, all this stuff. 
maybe we go to overtime, maybe we win, and maybe this is a far less uh, frustrating, depressing, whatever adjective you want to use um, podcast episode. But uh, we, we were playing absolute shell defense, um, just full-on prevent, allowing them to dink and dunk it all the way down. And again, I understand, hey, this is a 61, 63-yard field goal, whatever it ended up being. Um, longest in SEC history, all this all this stuff, whatever. Like, we, we know... We know it was a wild kick, but it, it what it is not. It is very common information that this kicker has a leg that can get it there. So yes, they got the ball. They started the drive at the eighteen, but in a, in a situation where you know, hey, all they need is a field goal. You know, hey, all they have to do is get to the forty. They only had to pick up fifty yards uh, and kick the field goal, and they had a timeout. Look. We were giving up seven, eight yards every single play with no resistance. Again, this, it, it is exactly what I said on offense. It, 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 it's exactly what I said earlier. In a game like this, you're going to second-guess everything. And again, it came very close to working out. Kind of giving up the middle of the field, giving up 12 yards in the middle of the field and tackling them and forcing them to spike the ball, forcing them to use timeouts, having them feel stupid and get a delay of game penalty. It almost all worked out. But when it doesn't, and it's literally by the margin of maybe a yard or two, you can't help but just get frustrated with how that final drive went. Now, the defense was a lot better in the second half, especially at the start of the second half. Um... I, I was I was very pleased with how they played. And I'm thinking, I'm hoping, and the track record would say that moving forward, you know, for this UCF game, you get the bye week, then you have Oklahoma State, then you have Texas Tech. Track record would say that in the next three games, the defense is going to play great. And I think they will. I, I, I have a lot of confidence that they will. Um, I, 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 it just, it's just going to be one of those games. This, this game is going to go up there with the likes of Vanderbilt with the likes of Auburn. Um, I, I think it's different than Tulane. I think it's different than Arkansas state. Um, I think it's different than North Dakota state. I, I, because those are lower level type games, but I think you know the the three SEC games that we have lost in the non-con, um, where you feel that in the Auburn game you may not have had the better team, but you had the better chances and you didn't execute. For the Vandy game and the Missouri game, you are the better team, and your mistakes and your play led to them winning. Um, it will go down in history as like one of the most frustrating non-conference losses of all time and maybe one of the most frustrating losses of all time and I think ultimately that falls on the defense again the offense did not execute at times they weren't able to pick up some big third downs they weren't able to punch it in um, from the four yard line um, you know in a goal to go situation because of a lack of execution of getting the play call in checking quick enough and getting the snap off Um, the offense played 
made plenty of mistakes. We'll talk about the special teams here in a second. Uh, but I think ultimately, if you're assigning blame, a lot of it comes down to the defense. I think a lot of it comes down to the secondary uh, and how they played. Again, ultimately, look, I have a ton of faith in the defense. I have a ton of faith in the corners. And even the corners and the safeties, they made some great individual plays. But just getting absolutely destroyed. Again, if you look at, I believe almost all of their scoring plays we're at the result, maybe not like, well, some of them were the result of like, oh, that big, long bomb. But the 47-yard reception by Burden was a touchdown. Mookie Cooper, his 41-yard reception set up points. The 42-yard uh, reception by Marquise Johnson, that set up points. The 36-yard run by Schrader, that set up points. That set up their three touchdowns. You know, that that long run set up the Luther Burden tunnel screen and VJ Payne not able to make a tackle. Uh, you know, th- there was so many plays that we just couldn't tackle. It, it was bad. I'm going to move on to special teams. Uh, look, I-, I thought Chris Tennant was fine. I- that 55-yard field goal, into it wasn't really into win. There wasn't a ton of win. I was a little surprised he was short um, because of his leg. I, I don't know if he was trying to make sure that he didn't get a block by getting enough air under it. I'm a little surprised. I'm a little disappointed. But that doesn't really do much to shake my confidence in him. He had the 46-yard field goal. He had the big moment field goal, although it was a short field goal. But he had that field goal that tied the game at 27. Um, I'm not going to hammer him for missing that 55-yarder. I wish he would have got there, uh, obviously. And I think he has the leg to get it there. So that's why it's a little disappointing. I'm not going to roast him for that. Uh, Jack Bloomer, I, I know the the folks, my friends I was sitting with, they were hard on him thinking, hey, you need to punt better. They weren't great punts, but you had four inside the 20. That final one, you, you get him down to the 18 again. <laughs> In a situation where literally a, a single guard would have sent it to overtime again, you can nitpick it saying, hey, could you have not gotten it a little bit deeper? Could you have not gotten it inside the 15? Again, uh, he's not he's not Ty Zentner. He's a, he's a fine. I'm sure he's an above-average college punter. Um, but again, in a game where one yard would have been the difference of going to overtime, assuming you didn't still have uh, two number eights on the field, um, you know, or three points, you know, in a game like that, every single inch counts, every single yard counts, every single opportunity at points counts. So, again, there's a little bit of blame to go everywhere for this one, uh, but it just didn't work out. Um, look, this I'm, I'm sure this is I'm sure this has been one of the least enjoyable episodes to listen to. I didn't have an outline. I I'm still I'm still I'm still pissed off. I'm still sad about this. Again, it, it means a ton. Uh, this is going to be a game that truly does kind of bother me for the next three to four weeks. Um, but like we said after the Tulane game last year, and like we said, hell, even after the Arkansas State game, granted, that season didn't go well. Um, but hey, COVID, the COVID season obviously was the anomaly all across college football, by the way. But we said it last year, and I truly do mean it. This, 
football team, and I'm not going to say they're favorites to go to Arlington or anything like that, based on the schedule, look, it's going to be an uphill climb. I think Texas is the real deal despite, you know, struggling with Wyoming through three quarters. You know, they really put it on uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I think Texas and Oklahoma are the favorites to get to the Big 12. But even through the first three games, even through the non-conference, K-State's the number three contender, folks. And there is a nine-game Big 12 schedule that is going to be wacky, that is going to be crazy, that is going to be nutty. There is no doubt in my mind this team can still rally back and get to 10-2. and two. There is no doubt in my mind that this team can't basically have a repeat of last year, go 9-3, and three, get back to Arlington, and win that game. The ultimate goal and my feelings about this team have not changed. Yes, I know. I, I came on here. I predicted 11-1. and one. I said the only game we were going to lose in the regular season was to Texas. I get it. That prediction obviously out the window. But I still don't believe that what we saw on Saturday should have anyone questioning their feelings about whether this team can get back to Arlington. I didn't talk a lot about it. Offensive line had another rough night. There's a reason why we had to go too tight so often is because Missouri was blitzing like crazy and we weren't able to handle it. Sounds like Christian Duffy should be back, is going to give it a go versus UCF. I would imagine by the Oklahoma State game, he's about as uh, healthy as we're going to get Christian Duffy this season. And that's going to fix a lot of problems on the offensive line. You know, we're going to worry about next year's offensive line next year. But Christian Duffy is probably going to play some next week. I imagine he's going to be the starter by Oklahoma State, and that's going to bounce back. And that probably outside of Texas, actually I know, outside of Texas, that's the best defensive line we're going to see all season. So no, it was not an inspiring performance by the offensive line, but we know how good they can get by the end of the season. Now, I'm frustrated. Uh, There's maybe conversations about how they go through training camp. Uh, to figure out, okay, why is it that the K-State offensive line always starts slow? But guess what? We're three games in the season. We're about to play a Big 12 game. We're about to have a bye, and then we have back-to-back road games. If the offensive line's clicking, then hey, you know, it is what it is. Sure as hell would have liked to win that Missouri game. Again, like I said, that it's the most devastating. It's the most frustrating. It's the, the most sports-sad, sports-depressed I've been after a loss since we started this podcast. All that stuff is valid, but all the all that pain, all those bad emotions can be washed away with three wins to start Big 12 play. And my attention is going to UCF. Again, I'll have a Q&A uh, show tomorrow, maybe. I mean, I need some folks to tweet in some questions. Um, so it, it, it's, it, 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 it could be fine. You're going to have some road tests. You're going to play a plucky UCF team again without their quarterback. Um, but we, we can hit the ground running and and, and we can, we we can still figure it out again is down as low as I feel right now. There's no part of me that believes that we don't have just as good a shot as everyone except for Oklahoma and Texas to be back in Arlington and see the confetti falling. And again, 
I would still pick it. I, I'm not kidding you. If we were playing Oklahoma on a neutral field right now, I would pick us to win. There isn't a team in the Big 12 outside of Texas on a neutral field. I wouldn't pick us to win by three points. And hell, I even after what we saw in Missouri, if we played that game again next week, I would still say K-State's going to win that uh, by two possessions. I truly believe that. Look, again, this has been a shitty episode. I'm sure it's not been a fun one to follow but look if you're listening if you're still if you chose to download and you chose to listen to this episode and you're still uh, I, th- I think we can have a frank conversation that absolutely sucked it was horrible this has not been a fun episode to listen to but folks this is still a very good football team and unlike baseball where you're playing game you know three game series and unlike basketball where you're getting to play 35 games um you know, a season in college basketball. Um, unlike any other sport, you only get 12. So one bad night really does take up a big chunk of the season. You know what? 8.5% or whatever it is of the season comes down that one game. You don't get a redo versus Missouri. You don't get to play every single team in the big 12 on paper, on a neutral, in a neutral site. You don't get to do that. You have to play the game on the field you have to play the game in between those white lines so having all these feelings doesn't mean anything if they don't execute if they have a bad game hey they could get tripped up again this could end up being an eight and four season because hey we tripped up too many times but i have the utmost confidence in chris Kleiman, this coaching staff and the players that they're going to turn around they did it last year you know, I, I think there was a shot for them to do it um, a couple years ago. I think they're going to get back to Arlington. I still believe that. I would still make that prediction today. So, look, we're going to do the Q&A tomorrow. I'm going to talk about the game a little bit more. Then it's on to UCF, and, and and that's a game we should win. Even if they had John, or John Reese Pumley um, playing, even if they had their quarterback playing, I would still say, hey, that's one we can win. I'm not going to get gun shy on this team i'm not jumping off any bandwagons that was a shitty loss that's gonna kind of be in the back of our minds maybe forever but that doesn't mean that this team can't go back to back as big 12 champions again all right if you're listening thank you so much uh i a lot of boneheads came up to me a lot of folks uh chatted with me in missouri i think it it was a lot i it'll never not be the coolest thing in the world when someone stops me and says hey scott wildcat i'm a bonehead i listen to the podcast and we chat you know whether it's a home game road game that will never not be super cool it's the second best part about the trip outside of drinking some manhattan brewing company beers with my friends catching up uh and and enjoying ourselves that friday night before the game uh, so shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. And then I also had a great time talking to everyone wearing Charlie Hustle at that game in Columbia. Again, it's cool to see it not only uh, in purple, but also all the Charlie Hustle in black and gold. I wish they were the sad ones. I wish they were the ones who were going to have to go buy new Charlie Hustle shirts uh, because their new Lucky shirt was a devastating loss to K-State. But sadly, hey, we all have to go buy a new Lucky shirt and or crew neck and or hoodie and or long sleeve shirt from Charlie Hustle this week. Um, so that's all I have. So for all the boneheads, for my great sponsors, uh, we love you guys. 
and go cats. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wild cat in spirit, wild cat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea. State Wildcats form alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a Wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight, 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 fight. Network.